when it comes to life principles, how high would you rank discipline in terms of molding yourself and keeping yourself grounded as an individual? Discipline is, for me, is one of the most important, I would say, the top. Because without discipline, you won't get much accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so, in my, I have a certain rules and type of, you know, discipline that I follow every day. Yeah. I feel like, though, it's such a weird thing because you tell somebody they need to be more disciplined and then they take that as a negative kind of yeah. connotation that they don't want to listen or they say it's too much of a restriction or kind of a barrier in front of me. Yeah. Like a lot of people nowadays want to be more free living their lifestyle any which way. And there's a difference between the code of which you govern yourself by. That's like your internal belief systems and what you're, how you go about your life. Like those are your non-negotiables. And then discipline, which kind of helps reinforce that as a structure. What do you think about that? I think discipline is more than just a reinforcement. You know, you talk about discipline, you talk about disciple. Mm-hmm. If, um, if I'm working with someone and I said, I'm discipling you, it being that I'm training you in the same context or discipline. You see that? Yeah. That I do say I am a therapist and I'm training you to be a therapist. So you are, I'm mentoring you. Right. So I'm disciplining you. I'm giving you the discipline. Like I'm discipling you to be like me. If I want to have a good prayer life, a good study life, whatever thing that I have to do, I'm discipling myself into a principle that will govern me in the future. So does the discipline have to be taught to you? Do you need a mentorship? Figure it I think it depends on what. I mean, there are certain things that you have to develop on your own because until you own them, until you disciple yourself to become the person that you want to be, there are external discipleships such as you go to school and you induce, you're induced with knowledge. Yeah. So you have to induce certain principles in your life. For instance, I decide I want to exercise because I want to maintain a certain body weight, right? I remember when my grandmother died, maybe six years ago, Mm -hmm. I got up and I said, man, I'm getting older. I need to start exercising. And so I got up and I just came here. I used to run the entire subdivision. Yeah. I had stopped for a long time. So when my grandmother died, I said, I need to start doing it again. Now, there are mornings when I didn't feel like getting up. But I have to disciple myself. I get the discipline. So whether I feel like getting up or not, I do it. Right. So what my my basic thing in disciplining myself is doing the things that I don't like to do until it become a routine. How do you self-motivate for that kind of thing? I just tell myself that I have to do it. And <laughs> is that simple? You just do it. I just tell myself I have to, I have to get up and go running this morning. But I have other things to do, so what do I do? Either I say, okay, I'm gonna go running first. I prioritize myself, I get up earlier. Right. I am out there running each morning at five. Even if you didn't get a good sleep the night before? I mean, I don't worry about the sleep. I have to do that. Like sleep yeah. after wait until later or tomorrow. Because right from the moment come when the time hit five o'clock, it's time for me to get up. Yeah. So within my time between quarter to five and and six o'clock, all right, I have certain things that I have to do. No, it's not between five and six, five, five and six forty-five. And so I have a whole routine that I have to do. 
And so if I get up, I have 53 people on my prayer list. Yeah. That I have to, that I, that I don't have to pray for, but I pray for every single morning except Saturday and Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I know that it take me sometime two hours to complete that list. Yeah. Before I have my quiet time, then I go to my, you know, prayer line. So if I'm not disciplined, guess what will happen? Your whole day is just it's off. It's going to be off. Yeah. And then a lot of things not going to work out. And so I think that discipline is the first part of grounding yourself yeah. into any situation in life. Is the discipline more of an obligation to yourself or because of the role in which you play in other people's lives? I don't think it's an obligation. I think it's a principle. Principle. I, I, if I see it as an obligation, what will happen is that when I don't feel the urge to be obligated. <laughs> you feel obliged. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, so if I, I just do what I want to do. Yeah. But because it is a principle that set me up for the day or whatever I have to do, for me, whether it is whether I'm obligated to you to pray for you this morning or yeah. not, I'm still going to be up doing what I have to do. So even if I'm not doing prayer, a person I'm up doing something that benefits me so I might be sitting in my with my Bible here or my Bible in the closet or I'm just sitting here writing and meditating so the discipline that I develop is never for out of obligation to serve someone else yeah but it's to develop myself out of self-development self-motivation I'm better able to serve the people around me without any form of strain mm. and so I think that the challenge that sometimes I really don't want to do it yeah. But because I know that if I skip doing it today and tomorrow, I might fall into what we call the human recesses. Yeah. And you set myself back and I have to now get started and double up on what I didn't do. And so I think I hold it to myself as a principle. What do you think day zero was like to get off the ground and start that routine? Because I know that as a student, for example, you have your whole routine of you wake up, you do your devotional for the day, you brush your teeth, you get that morning routine ready, and then you're in class from morning till evening, come home and you do your little thing and you're back in bed. But if I wanted to incorporate exercise into that, or even just more of a social life, how does that start from nowhere into becoming a part of my every single day process? I think it's desire. I think desire is one of the greatest um, part of our life that we miss out on. Well, because desire is I'm giving birth to something. Right. Right? So if you're not pregnant with it, you can't give birth to it. You have to labor with the That's idea. right. And yeah. so if you're pregnant for a long time, it's, you can have a miscarriage or a child can die. You can have a desire for a long time and never take action mm. in doing it. And so what most people do, they have desire and then they change your desire. Have desire and they change your desire. I think that for me, I think that I'm one of the most unique person in that I just make a decision and just do it. Right. In many areas of my life. I think that's a skill, honestly. Yeah. It's that I, rational decision making that comes into play. Yeah. If I get to, I remember when I used to drink yeah. beer. One beer when I was in my 20s, right? I remember 1988. It was August 26, 1988. It was a Saturday, somewhere about a Saturday, Friday night. Right. I remember my friend came down from California and he bought six Heinekens and he gave me one. I drank it. The Saturday morning I woke up. I was not Christian, no Adventist, nothing. Yeah. 
and I drank a beer and I got up in the morning and I had a headache. And I said to myself, this is not even practical. Right. I will never drink another beer in my life again. <laughs> you know, it's 30 some odd years. Right. And I have not touched one, I never had a desire. Just from the feeling of, I don't like this current circumstance. Yes, I don't want to be there. I just made that decision. And so I can make decisions like that. And it's kind of scary too, because I don't just make decisions in a positive sense like that. Yeah. If someone mess with me, and I said, I'm done with you. It's easy for me to just sound with that cut person. The, cut it just cold turkey. Yeah. And it's, you know, that type of, my, my family said that there's no in-between. There's no black and white. There's black no, white, no yeah. color, no shade of gray. Yeah. It's just black or white. Either you are, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it. And so my desire to be healthy gives me the push mm -hmm. to make decisions. I won't eat this, I won't do that. No matter how much I desire it. Right. And another desire, because desire can override desires. Mm. And I saw with going back to your exercise, you have to want to accomplish something in terms of that, and then you, in, you know, that type of insemination in your mind. Right. Then you start acting up on it. Mm. And it, first it might not feel good. So you said, okay, you only have 12 hours in the day. You can't go out and do school and all of these things and end up getting a good exercise program. So you get exercise while you're going to school. Yeah. Get exercise while you're in school. You sit down and you're in class and you just work your stomach. <laughs> That's you true. Work your free, yeah. You understand? Do your little core workouts. Right. Yeah, hold it for as long as right. you can. Right. You stretch your yeah. neck. Yeah. You do your fingers and you do your feet. And you know, so you're getting exercise, you strengthen the muscles. Right. No, you don't need no more than eight minutes. No. And you don't overlabor <laughs> yourself. Like That's I, right. I go to the gym, I see people on the treadmill yeah. trying to read a textbook because they have a quiz deck class. I'm yeah. like, you're gonna fall and hurt yourself. Yes. That you're not gonna remember what you're reading anyway, because you're trying to focus on exercise. keeping your pace and exercise. And that's a challenge with most time we try to do things. There's so many things that you can do yeah. adequately without even think of multitasking. And for me, I'm in the bathroom and I'm lotioning. I'm squatting. Yeah. I'm going up and down, I'm doing my squats, I'm doing my horse stand. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm stretching, doing my, you know, lotioning. Yeah. So in the bathroom, the more you, you can incorporate, but you have to know. Yeah, I was gonna say two things. One, you, you're so acquainted now with your routine and who you are as a person. So that helps you incorporate it into the other areas of your life where it's just so seamless. That's right. And second, discipline requires focus. That's right. Not multitasking per se, but knowing how to bring things together right. and keep them on a singular thing. And that's the truth. You can focus on two things if they're not contraindicated. Right. And so for me, my, when my mentor told me that focus in following one course until successful, I decided that I was gonna do that. I find that within the context of that, I can pick other things in there which does not eliminate my focus or, or, or split my focus to the place where I am not efficient. Yeah. So I can pray and I can walk. Those are the two things that I have to do in the morning. Mm -hmm. So if I'm walking for two hours, I can pray right. and walk at the same time. Yeah. I don't have to focus on walking. I just have to focus on prayer. Mm -hmm. See? And so most times people think you have to focus on two things at the same time. But if you have something that you have to do, then do the things that you can do easily while doing the things that will take more effort. Mm -hmm. I can do both at the same time. 
real quick, I want to get into how your self-talk with yourself when it comes to your decision-making. So you're very much in tune with your thoughts and your feelings and who you are as a person. How do you develop that conversation with yourself to say, Raymond, when I want to do this, I'm going to hold myself to this goal, even when the desires may say, well, I can give myself a leg here or give myself some room to mess up or do something outside of my requirements for myself. My, my, there are two things. One, I said, you play now or pay later. Yeah. Or you pay later and, you know, and play now. So either you are going to do what you think right now to succeed, or you're going to play around and then worry about the success later. Mm -hmm. So I give myself a command sometimes when I'm doing something, and it is do it now. Do it now. If I'm going to do something, something that I want to do, say this morning I, I'm reading a book called you know, um, can God be trusted? Yeah. And I decide I'm going to start putting some program together and start teaching from that and the Bible. So I have the book for years. I read the book. And so I said, okay, you're going to do that. Do it now. So I went and I bought my book. Yeah. The different books that I'm going to write in because I like to write all my thoughts before I type them. So I, everything is ingrained in my mindset. And so what I do, I give myself a command do it now. It might be a difference They say, okay, I'm gonna do something, I'll do it later. Right. But the moment you command yourself, do it now, the mind create an atmosphere. Yeah, of focus and control. That's right. Right. And so if you say, okay, I'm gonna do it, but I don't know when I'm gonna do it, the mind don't know how to bring that into harmony. Yeah. But if you say, I'm gonna do this now, or I'm gonna go down the kitchen, I'm gonna cook something, and then when I'm finished cooking, I'm going to do this. I have a series of things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. So focus become a part of when this is done, this is done, this is done, this is done. And when I start drifting, I say, okay, go ahead and do this now. So these are things that I learned from my mentors. People, yeah. you know, and I when I say mentors, you know, people that I talk to, they're not literally personal my mentor. And I read a lot of books, books that's helped to build my my confidence, yeah, build my focus around the things that helps I eliminate want to do. the fears that you, you may yeah. just have naturally. That's right. Yeah, self help. So these are some of the things, but you have to decide without a decision. You have to make them easily and change them very seldomly. Yes, because people who sell, you know, you tell them to make decision and easily break them. They don't get what they want, but exactly. if you make a decision and say, okay, I'm going to go through it, even if it's painful, after all the flowers and the beauties of decision is gone, then now the principle of work in them is still there. So yeah. you just go ahead and do them, even if it hurts. So when I think of the nature of God and I think of the adjectives that we would use to describe him in relation to our understanding of him, discipline came to mind when I was like, I'm looking at who God is, how God interacts with me in my personal life, and God asks for us to be disciplined. He asks for order in our lives and for us to commit ourselves to Him. And I think prayer is the best expression of that. Do you agree with that? It's, well, discipline in prayer is one thing, but I think it's, it, it's bigger than that. But prayer is one of the most fundamental of all our communion with God, because sometimes just some meditation and His words could take you up farther, farther than even just praying. Hearing him speaking to you, 
is sometimes better than you speaking to him. Right. And so when you have something to say, it's best to talk about prayer and to pray and to express yourself to him as you would. But prayer is one of the most fundamental of the disciplines. It's most fundamental, but when you come to the nature of prayer, it's hard for somebody who's undisciplined in themselves to establish proper communication with God. You may feel as if you're not hearing his voice properly or you don't know the way in which God reveals certain things to you in your life. And you need that discipline to kind of steer you towards the sound of God's voice or what it is that he's trying to say to you. I think listening is most important because if you and I are talking, are having a communication. Yeah. And one of us, either one of us just talking and nobody's listening, then it would be a man of love. Most time what we call prayer is me complaining to God about my problems. Right. And me complaining about my family's problem, but never to come to him and declare who he is, what he want to say for me. Open yeah. my eyes, open my ears, let me hear you. And then again, we don't meditate enough to quiet our mind enough to hear the, the still small voice. How should we go about that? How should we steer ourselves to meditate and create that atmosphere? I think it does not have to be an atmosphere because the moment that you're in the presence of God is an atmosphere that's already been created. Mm. Most time we have challenges because we think that we have to find a, a place. Sometimes your place is just in your mind. And because you quiet your mind, looking at the thing that you're going, whether you're driving on the road, yeah. whether you're just sitting in your room, whatever it is that you do, you just have to find that place where you can connect with God. And all you have to do is say, Father, I thank you. Because God is, God is not far from us. Yeah. God is inside of us. Exactly. You see, and most time we pray to a God out Up there. above, yeah. We think it's some distant, long-distance relationship. That's right. You can't have intimacy in that. I'm, That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm experiencing that now, you know. I have an actual long-distance relationship, and it's hard to say that I feel as close as I do to them when they're away, when they're here. It's yeah. just not possible to say that. That's true. Yeah. And it all depends on the type of... Your perception. Your, uh, your how person. you keep God yeah. close to you. Right. And you don't have to keep him close to you. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm. The thing is, if the word and how we communicate and meditate and God is what he said to us, I know that God is with me and is in me. And no matter what goes on in my life, I can always say that he have mercy on me, give yeah. me strength. And that might be the extent of my, my prayer. I might be laying down inside here and writing. In my closet, you have my prayer books. I just, not journals, <laughs> books. Prayer books, what's the difference? Uh, books. <laughs> I mean, I just write prayer. I don't just journal. Prayers like, in Psalms, how you just... Just write prayers, write a prayer wow. for Bradley. Father, I thank you for touching Bradley up there in Tennessee this morning. I thank you for mm -hmm. filling his heart with your love. And I'll just write out the prayer that I'm writing for you. Each name is there, and sometimes I just write a prayer. And that prayer is consistent. So each morning I get up, I can just wow. communicate that prayer, even if I don't feel like doing that. So I have yeah. prayer books. That's, that I, yeah. And that's how much you trust in your connection with God to where you don't even have to utter it. Yeah. He already feels, he already knows that you feel this way. That's right. And it's just an expression from your part to say, Lord, I'm committing this act to show right. I, I desire this, or I want to pray for this person. That's right. And I remember about 19 years ago, Yeah, I had a mentor that was teaching, that was teaching me about prayer. And 
we call it the dual decanal prayer discipline, which is, you know, you have 12 five minutes prayer. Get 12 five minutes prayer, and the, you can spend three hours in prayer because you spend five minutes focusing on one thing. Yeah. And so most of the time we want to pray an hour or two hours for something when I could just spend five minutes praying for Bradley, mm. spend five minutes praying for my grandchildren, how my children pray five minutes.